Blog Talk Radio. Podcast for the Saturday, May 9th, 2015. I'm Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. And for those of you who are listening to our live broadcast, thank you for joining us. Hey, a couple of hours earlier than usual, hoping you're sipping your coffee or having your breakfast as you listen to Habs 360 as we get you ready for game number five in the series between the Canadians and the Tampa Bay Lightning a game that starts at 7 o'clock Eastern time, could be seen on the CBC uh, Coast to Coast, a game that will be played at the uh, Bell Centre. Canadians are practicing as we speak right now in Brossard. We'll keep you posted on the news and notes uh, throughout uh, today's episode. And based on what we've seen so far, it looks like Nathan Bollier will be making a return to the lineup to replace uh, Craig Patteron. We'll talk about that and any other potential changes uh, later on today's episode. So we know the Canadians right now, they're trailing 3-1 to one against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And well, our question that we have for your listeners is pretty simple. Do you still believe in the Canadians' chances in coming back in the series? And well, I'll add even uh, an additional step to it. Uh, back in the series and potentially even coming up victorious. It would have to be in the seven-game series. And, well, what do you think about any changes that uh, Michel Therrien will make? What changes will you make heading into game number five? You can let us know via Twitter, at Habs360, and we'll be opening up our phone lines later on today's episode. Joining us as well in about 15 minutes, he is at TSN NHL play-by-play announcer. His Twitter handle is at CCTSN. That's right. It's Chris Cuthbert who will be on the line. He has been doing some work as well on NBC and did call game number three in uh, in Tampa. And we're going to talk about that game. It was a game that we'll definitely will look back and remember when we're reviewing the series, no matter what uh, the outcome is. So he was in the building, and he'll be able to tell us how that was, seeing it uh, live. My co-host for today's episode, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites, Twitter handle is all underscore Habs, Rick Stevens. Thank you very much for joining us once again. 
Hey, Chris. Glad to be back. And uh, as we predicted last week, we're talking about hockey. We're talking about a Habs game tonight. Um, we, uh, I think we got that one right. Yeah, we, we did. That's definitely uh, for sure. And when we did leave the episode off last week, it was uh, prior to game number two. Game number two was that night heading into Tampa Bay Lightning. And it was following a game where the Canadians had played well. Sorry, it was game number two at the Bell Center, uh, where game number one, Canadians had played well, and they finished in a double overtime game. So uh, things were looking good for the Montreal Canadiens. But then, in game number two, the final score was what? It was 6-2 to two in favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, well, it looks like a bad score. Let's hear uh, some post-game comments, starting off with the coach. We got the start that we're looking for. Um, before, we took some really, really bad penalties at the end of the first period. I thought we were perfect. Pretty simple and undisciplined cost again. This is not unacceptable. It's definitely something that we don't want to do. I mean, we don't want to be in the box all game, but I mean... Listen, they took some penalties as well. I mean, we had opportunities to early in the game to capitalize on some of their mistakes, and we didn't. We came in the room with uh, after the first with a 1-1 tie. Obviously, it's frustrating to you know kill six minutes of penalties uh, towards the end of the period, but we you know we're still in that game. They didn't want to take those penalties. We had you know we we played we had a great kill there on the, both of those. You know they scored in the end of the last one I think, and and uh, we actually had some really good scoring chances. And, well, besides the coach, we also heard from, well, part of the leadership team, P.K. Subban, Max Pacioretty, and Thomas Plekanec talking about that 6-2 game. And, Rick, at game number two, it's uh, a game to forget for the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, absolutely. It um, it was the game where the Lightning, uh, their power play, got um, back on track after uh, – you know they were mired in a bit of a, a slump, a slump equal to the Canadians. They scored four power play goals, uh, and they looked terrific on every power play opportunity they had. Highly skilled, moving the puck quickly, and it was it was uh, a lesson to be taken there. Um, and the, the Canadians' penalty kill, which had been you know strong all season long, uh, didn't look particularly good, and. Um, you know, it, 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 certainly with six goals going in, you'd you'd uh, look at uh, whether Carey Price was to blame, and he certainly wasn't for uh, for any of the goals. It was it was just a a clinic by the the, the Lightning on the power play, and uh, and then you know afterwards the whole game was overshadowed by the Brad Watson uh, Brandon Press episode. And in that game, but towards the end of the game, when the goals were going in, I don't think anybody was still trying. And that's, I think, how the goals were going in. And like you said, the penalty killing was horrible in in that game for the Montreal Canadiens. And the Tampa Bay did score. And, well, their power play was uh, back on track. He kept pr- provoking me. He came to, the ba- came to the box and called me every name in the book, called me a piece of, you know what, a mother effer, coward, said he'd drive me right out of this building. I just kept going, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. That's the ref he is. He's, he tries to play God and tries to control the game, and he did that tonight. And that was Brandon Prest following the game, speaking about Brad Watson, the official. And if if we just see what happened at the 13.45 of the period number one, Brandon Prest got a roughing penalty for it was following an incident on the Tampa Bay goaltender Ben Bishop, who, by the way, he seems very fragile for somebody his size. Brandon Prest didn't like the call, and he did tell the official. I think what made it worse is that the official went and he followed Brandon Prest into the penalty box and even went in. The door didn't close. Brad Watson was pointing the finger. To, uh, to Braden Prest, looking like he was, I don't know, giving him a lesson, schooling him. It's a, it's a kind of reaction that my parents 
uh, were doing to me when I was like five or six years old and I misbehaved. <laughs> and then gave an extra two minutes for unsportsmanlike conduct to uh, to Braden Prust. And I want to make it clear, I don't think Braden Prust was innocent in this situation as well. But Braden Prust, he's playing the game. He's very emotional. Uh, the game was... Um, it was a game. I swear the misconduct was in the third period, and uh, it was very emotional. The game was out of hand, but it's the referee's role. His job is to remain cool, no matter what happens. It wasn't the first time that I'm sure that Brad Watson has had a an argument with a player, and I'm sure it won't be the last. It's just part of their. Uh, it's part of their job, and well, I think he definitely should have. Uh, controlled uh, that situation better. I'd like to uh, apologize to, to Brad Watson and um, I guess the, re- the, you know, the rest of the officials in, in the NHL. Um, uh, if I've caused any embarrassment or, or headache, uh, it's definitely uh, was uncalled for. Um, you know, we, we got in a heated exchange um, that should have stayed between us. Um, we met uh, this morning, and uh, he wanted to apologize, you know. And uh, one thing with uh, Brandon, you know, he's a competitor. He got good playoff for us, you know. He works extremely hard. He hates to lose. Uh, when uh, we end up losing game, it really hurt him. Uh, but as we all know, he, he, he can't cross that line. And... Uh, uh, and you want to apologize, and I think you did the right thing. So we heard that the apology from Braden Press the following day and Michel Termi as well. So Braden Press did get a $5,000 fine. Uh, we won't cry over it because pocket change for Braden Press himself. In the statement, Colin Campbell called Braden Press comments as baseless and demeaning. Okay. But Rick, at that point, we remember it was game number one. Michel Terry made his comments about uh, a missed offside call, and then the focus after game number two was mostly on the Brandon Prust, Brad Watson situation when the Canadians had definitely had other issues going on. But I don't know, there was quite a focus around the Canadians and the officiating after those two games. Yeah, I I think that, um, you know, I, I, I said at the time right after the game that, that Brandon Prust in my opinion, took one for the team. Um, you know, he, he had to apologize. Uh, that was pro- probably part of his discussion with uh, Coley Campbell that he must come out and, and apologize. Had to pay the $5,000 fine. It was interesting, though, in his apology. He didn't take back any of the comments that he said. His only regret was that he had aired them publicly. Uh, he didn't he didn't say that, you know, anything he said was inaccurate, and and I I believe him. I believe that, uh, you know, what he said was 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 true. Um, and so, as you said, uh, Brad Watson, um, he 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 was at fault too, and 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 kind of escalated this uh, this incident beyond what it needed to be. Um, as I said, I think Brandon Prust, after the game, made a, whether it was an emotional decision or a calculated decision, uh, to take one to the team and to take the heat off his, his team had just been embarrassed, 6-2. to two. Um, And instead of talking about, oh, you know, uh, are the Canadians done? Are they, you know, um, they're facing the, the biggest offensive weapon, um, uh, in the league, you know, all of those questions were put aside. Um, and, and all the focus was on Brandon Prust. And as you say, because of game one on the officiating and I, you know, you have to, um, you know, some, some of the traditionalists said it was wrong for, for Brandon Prust to air the dirty laundry, but you, you have to kind of tip the cap to him, tap the stick to him that, that he took, some heat off his team, just as a just as a coach might have done, um, by you know uh, getting into a, an emotional issue with the other coach, whatever it might be. Brandon Press took all of the heat, all the spotlight was on was on him. Some on the officials, 
and it took uh, some of the the focus off his his team and and I think that that might have helped them in um, as they went into game three. And just just to finish off on this uh, topic, I think probably the right thing that Brandon Press would have done, considering the situation, considering it was a playoff game, was maybe go speak either to the coach and the general manager, tell him what happened and let them handle it uh, with the league. So then the Canadians had a couple of days off, uh, moved, uh, flew to uh, Tampa Bay for game number three on uh, Wednesday night. And while that game was a 1-1 game, hitting, heading into the final seconds, and then, well, at that last play, it was a, a comedy of errors. Thomas Plekanec couldn't clear the puck. Uh, Andrei Markov dove and took himself out of the play. Uh, P.K. Subban blown coverage, and it led to uh, Johnson scoring with under a second remaining in the third period. And, well, let's hear how the coach felt after that game. The only thing the coach could ask is just that your team will compete your, your team will be ready, and your team will work hard. And this is again tonight. This is exactly what we did, like game one, you know. And uh, uh, the the, um, the commitment that they show again tonight—it's unreal. I can't ask for more. And well. Uh, Rick, the coach, was happy with uh, with the team's effort. But I think if Montreal, if the series doesn't turn out uh, positively for the Montreal Canadiens, I think that particular play, that particular goal, uh, will probably be looked back as a, a turning point of the series. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, I think... Uh, I. Fans, uh, myself, it, it was just the players. It was just a crushing, uh, demoralizing defeat. I, I, you know, I sat here silently. Uh, I, I replayed that 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 goal uh, over and over and over to see, you know, what what exactly happened, what the breakdown was. But I was just silent. It was just heart wrenching uh, what happened. Um, and as you say, it was a, a bit of a, a comedy of errors. Um, you, know, you can understand Thomas Pekanitz doesn't want, he's on the wrong side of center. He, he doesn't want to, the last thing he wants is, is an icing call in their own end with a couple of seconds left. He, Pacioretty is looking back to him to, to get the pass. Uh, it hits Pacioretty. The pass hits Pacioretty in the back of his leg. And the turnover happens at the, the Tampa Bay Blue Line. Um, you know they come back. Everybody seems covered, but Patcheretti did a lot of pointing. Um, you know, to, to, trying to help his defenseman out with the coverage, and then Patcheretti ends up taking nobody. Um, he messed up there, as you said. Markov went down. Subban uh, was, was went to take the same man that that Markov did and left. Uh, Tyler Johnson open um, like what <laughs> the last person you want to leave wide open um, and even with all that you know the the puck just kind of went under under uh, Subban's uh, stick uh, just past Carey Price Carey Price came across quickly uh, it was it was just a you know it, it was worse than losing in overtime it was absolutely worse than losing in overtime um, and just crushing, absolutely a crushing loss. And while the Canadians didn't have a lot of time to recover from the, the game number three on Wednesday, because 24 hours later, they were back still in Tampa Bay to face the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And well, Canadians were facing elimination at that time after a crushing loss. Well, all signs would have pointed that Canadians were probably demoralized and well, not coming out on the right side of this game. Let's hear what happened. Canadians get the puck back and Subban starts out. Pacioretty with a chip in after the puck against Matt Carl. Schuster comes over up the middle. Here's P.K. Subban gets open, passes off. Markov scores! And that was the Canadians' first goal of the game. It was scored by Andre Markov to give the Canadians... The Canadians ended up winning 6-2. to two. That's right, 6-2. The Canadians scored six goals 
in the same game where they hadn't even scored, I think, six goals in the entire series prior to that. We heard Andre Markov scoring his first goal of the season in that game as well. Max Pacioretty got one goal and two assists. Alex Galchenyuk with a pair of assists and P.K. Subban with a pair of assists as uh, as well. And let's hear what uh, the coach had to say following that game. You, you know what? Uh, I was expecting a good game again tonight from our club. And um, we didn't change nothing, honestly. We played the same way that uh, we, did, we did in game, game one. We did the same thing that we did yesterday. Uh, we stick to the game plan, and uh, I'm really uh, proud about my player. They got rewarded with their finally with their hard work. And well, Rick, for the first time in the series against the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think the Canadians, all of the Canadians' best players, were the best during that game. The absolutely the the leaders, the leadership group, that five-person leadership group. Each contributed uh, in a significant way to, to the win. That first goal was huge. Um, the you know coming off such a crushing loss and and for the Canadians to to get that first goal smart by Markov, sneaking in on the back door play, great pass by Subban. Um, that that goal was huge uh, because a team already demoralized and maybe a bit fragile, if they had gone down. Um, uh, down a goal in Tampa, it it uh, it might have spelled the end for them. But uh, off to a great start, and uh, it just uh, then Pacioretty's shorthanded goal. It it just went on from there, and they they didn't take as, as is customary. Uh, they didn't take their foot off the gas through the the entire game. Uh, a really good character win for for the Canadians. Uh, I was I was very impressed with. The whole works of them. So that's where the series is at now. The Montreal Canadiens trailing three to one against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Game number five will be tonight. And the question of the day is: Well, do you still believe in the Canadiens' chances in coming back in this series? Let us know via Twitter at Habs360 is uh, the way to reach us. Coming up next, Chris Cuthbert from TSN joins us to talk about the series between the Montreal Canadiens and the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Stay tuned. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from MartoCanvas.com are pleased to announce the Habs contest will run during every Habs game in the playoffs and will give you an opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of Art2Canvas.com. Follow Habs360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas start at a reasonable price, visit art2canvas.com. Good luck. Habs360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. The RSM mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to AllHabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's AllHabs.net. 
This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back to the May 9th edition of the Habs 360 podcast. I'm Chris G at Christy1980, along with uh, Rick Stevens at uh, all underscore Habs. And joining us now on the line in Canada, we know him mostly for his work on TSN, but for viewers uh, south of the border, they also see him occasionally on one of the NBC uh, family of uh, networks calling some NHL playoff games. Twitter handle is at CCTSN. Chris Cuthbert, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us. Good to be with you guys, and uh, looking forward to game uh, game number five. Yeah, game number five tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern start. So before we talk about that series, Chris, uh, you're a native of Ontario, and we know there's no cheering uh, now for you in the press box, but when you were growing up, what team would you cheer for? Oh, I, I did grow up, uh, and I'm opening myself up here, but uh, I, I, as a kid, I, I grew up uh, watching the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, I'm old enough to remember the last cup uh, and the empty net goal by George Armstrong, but uh, that uh, obviously was a long time ago, and uh, um, I got to cover the Canadians uh, from 81 to 84 when I worked at CJAD, and uh, certainly uh, uh, grew to... Uh, appreciate uh, uh, the passion of Montreal and, and the class of the organization and uh, what uh, Montreal Canadiens hockey means to the city, the province, and uh, to a lot of people around North America. Andre Pallott, loose for Hedlund, and Buck A buzzer beater, let's make sure... So, Chris, how we just heard, you were in that arena for NBC for that Tyler Johnson last-second goal. Uh, Habs fans all over the hockey world, we were in shock. Uh, Rick, the co-host, told us he I think has, he still hasn't slept since uh, that goal was scored. <laughs> uh, we were all expecting overtime. Were you like us? Were you maybe getting mentally, mentally prepared for overtime, looking ahead to what you're going to have as a snack in the, during the intermission? What happened at that time? Well, you know, I, I was ready for overtime, and um, what what strikes me and what I'll re- always remember about that game was that the Canadians played so well. I think there was a stretch of 18 minutes and 40 seconds that the Lightning did not have a shot on goal, and it, it was probably as well as as Montreal could have hoped to have played for 59 minutes. And and for whatever reason, watch the final minute again, and and the whole team just had a massive brain cramp, and uh, and there were a number of breakdowns, bad changes, bad mistakes, bad decisions in the final minute, and you could feel the final goal coming to the point that even when uh, Thomas Placanitz doesn't get it deep, and and Tampa's got it at their own blue line, uh, you could still sense there was something. Uh, uh, dangerous about it, and as it turns out, uh, uh, Tyler Johnson scores the goal to put them in a huge three nothing hole. I I, uh, I did hesitate because as soon as the goal went in, I looked at the clock, and and the reaction time uh, was that that uh, there were zeros on the clock, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, you know, is that the game winning goal or not? Uh, but the replays told us pretty quickly that uh, that uh, that that wasn't an issue. Uh, but boy, they. Uh, they mishandled that final minute after playing so well for 59. And and it, like I was asking Rick uh, in our first segment, if the series doesn't turn out in the Canadiens' favor, I think that particular moment we'll be looking back at it and saying that was the turning point of the series. Yeah, you can uh, you can even go back to game one uh, because it was a similar style of game. Uh, Lightning led early and led for a long time. Canadians come back and tie it late in the third period or midway in the third period, and then uh, uh, and, and then probably had the better of the play until uh, until Kucherov scores in, in double overtime. So, I mean, there are a lot of little things you're going to analyze uh, if the series does end the way you don't want it to end. But, uh, but uh, fortunately, they're still playing. And i, I got to tell you, uh, when I left uh, Tampa Bay, 
uh, I thought it was a, a monumental task for the Canadians to, to win game four just because there was such little time to recover. And, and maybe that turned out to be better, but uh, they didn't skate the next day, had a meeting, um, and, and got back on the ice. Um, I thought uh, I thought whoever won game three had a real good chance to carry the momentum over into game four, and, and I think the Canadians deserve a lot of credit for their ability to rebound. Uh, some listeners might think I'm a little bit biased here, but I think the Canadians could have easily been up 3-1 to in the series instead of trailing 3-1. to uh, Am I crazy? No, no. Well, I mean, that is hockey. Uh, I, I get, I, I agree. They could have won game one, um, and they, they, they could have won game three, but uh, could have, would have, should I? I remember doing a Canadians-Buffalo series in 93 uh, when Montreal won three of the four games in overtime, and it was a sweep. And I remember John Muckler saying after that this that was the closest sweep in the history of hockey. And and, and sometimes the margin of victory is is so slight, and a break here or there. I mean, how many posts have the Canadians hit in those games they lost? Crossbars or posts that could have made a difference, but. Uh, uh, at the other end, the Lightning made the plays uh, that won the game when the game was uh, was on the line. So uh, uh, probably better to look forward because uh, you can beat yourself up thinking about what could have been. There's no shortage of that on this team. <laughs> I definitely think that us scoring six goals is, is, is huge. It's huge for our confidence. Um, and, you know, I think Bishop sort of was sitting on a horseshoe for a little bit there. He's played well, but... Uh, he's been lucky as well, and I think uh, seeing him being pulled out of the net is, is is a confidence booster for our team as well. Hey, Chris, it's uh, Rick Stevens. Um, after game one, we had Nikita Kucherov coming out and causing a bit of a stir, I guess, saying that it was fun to, to see the Bell Centre fans go home unhappy. Uh, Chris just played the the uh, quote by P.K. PK Subban um, between games four and five that's, that's, um people have been talking about a lot, saying that uh, Ben Bishop has been sitting on horseshoes for a bit. Uh, what's, what's your opinion of, of these so-called um, bulletin board statements? Are they really mot- motivational for the, the opponent or uh, just noise and, and maybe fun for us to talk about? Yeah, I, I think most times they're white noise. Once in a while, there's something that can be so outlandish that uh, um, that it might make a difference. I, I mean, I, I've got a pretty good rapport with Ben Bishop, and I'm I'm thinking that he didn't need PK Subban to get him going for Game Five. Uh, and I don't know if any NHL goaltender who turns aside 100 out of 104 shots in a in a series did it because he had horseshoes. But, uh, I mean, if somebody called me out, I, I, I'd probably file it away and, and, and it would just be, you know, another, another uh, bit of motivation. But if you, need, if you need that to get going at this point in the year when you're, uh, uh, when you're halfway or almost halfway to a, a Stanley Cup, uh, you know, uh, then there's probably something wrong. But, uh uh, it is a lot of fun to talk about, and there's no doubt uh, when I when I saw that quote uh, uh, in the paper, I thought, oh, okay, that uh, that that'll probably be filed away somewhere in the in the Lightning dressing room. And uh, prior to game number four, the Habs were having trouble scoring goals, and they ended up scoring six in that game. Uh, they were having trouble beating uh, Ben Bishop, and well, they managed to get him pulled after after three goals. They've had trouble scoring in the power play all season, but even in particular more in the postseason, and uh, they put one in. Uh, how crucial do you think the fact that they overcame all these, I guess I'll call them barriers, for the rest of the series for the Montreal Canadiens? Well, I, I think it is a, it's a good sign to get a power play goal, and maybe it's something to build on. It, it, you know, you, you, you go over or one for, for a long time, and, and the, everybody starts squeezing the sticks, and and yet, I mean, the Lightning had the same situation, and then they end up scoring four in a game, and, and it, it didn't transfer really over. It, it, neither did, uh, you know, ending a slump for Steven Stamkos. So, uh, I mean, it, it's positive. I think it's, it's, um, 
reassuring to the team that, yes, they can put the puck in the net, that they can score in the power play. But, again, everybody hits a reset button tonight. And uh, I, I'm quite convinced Montreal is going to see Tampa's best tonight, and uh, they're going to have to raise their level again or, or play as well as they did in Game 4, and, and it'll be a bigger challenge in Game 5. Uh, Rick, do you have another question for Chris? I, I was um, maybe just uh, while we have him and, and just away from the series a bit, um, you've, you've worked both sides of the border. Um, you know, uh, we, we, we enjoy you on TSN and on NBC. Do you adjust your game, uh, your, your uh, game call uh, at all, um, depending on your, your audience? Uh, just, just a little bit, not, not a whole lot. The only thing I, 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 uh, well, let's, let, I mean, there's, there's two different ways. I mean, we've, we've called a lot of Ottawa Senator games this year, and uh, in that market or in the Toronto market when we're calling the Leaf games, I, I think we are telling more Leaf or Ottawa stories because we know that that audience is, is completely focused in on that team. If you're doing a national game, I think you have to, uh, you have to take it uh, right down the middle in, in any uh, way you do it, and and for the U.S. broadcasts, I mean, I I like to I like to identify in Canada where these guys come from, whether it's uh, uh, playing for the Lac St. Louis Lions or whether it was a guy like Brendan Morrow coming from Carlisle, Saskatchewan. Uh, I, I like to identify that for the fans, and in the states, uh, I'll, I'll lean away from that and and talk more about the fact that Tom Gilbert was from the University of Wisconsin or or J.T. Brown comes from Burnsville, Minnesota. So, uh, you know, for the most part, that's a subtlety. And uh, I know uh, I know fans get used to uh, home broadcasts, and, and then all of a sudden the national guys come in and, and they hear a broadcast go down the middle and, and they think, uh, boy, that guy's biased against our team. But uh, as the great Danny Gallivan said, uh, bias is usually in the ear of the, uh, of the listener when it comes to <laughs> hockey broadcasts and uh, – you know, I, I, I think they, your number one job is to uh, to try and reflect what's going on on in the game from a from a completely uh, unbiased position. And one last question, Chris, before we let you go. Uh, on Tuesday, Carrie Price was named the finalist for the Ten Lindsay Awards, and over the last ten days or two weeks, whatever the time period has been, he's also uh, named as a candidate for the Hart Trophy and the Vezina Trophy. Uh, what do you think are his chances of winning one or any of those awards? I think as soon as this uh, podcast's over, you guys better start building the trophy case because <laughs> he's uh, he's going to sweep those. And I, I I think the only problem is uh, he has uh, he has taken away any of the drama of uh, of a lot of the awards uh, because uh, you know he is he's he's can't miss for sure on on all those and he's already got a share of the Jennings too this year so. Uh, Pretty phenomenal year, but uh, I think I know Kerry Price well enough to know that uh, uh, he would trade all three of those awards for uh, a shot at the big one. And uh, so that, that starts with Game 5 tonight. And as uh, the great Dick Irvin used to say, uh, because his, I guess it was a, a, a comment from his father that, that Dick always reminded me of, never lose your last game at home. So... Uh, Tonight the task is to get this uh, for the Canadians to get this series back to uh, Tampa Bay for for Game Six. Well, Chris, uh, based on your Twitter feed yesterday, it looked like you're enjoying uh, a beautiful day with a barbecue. It looks like you're having some time off before the football begins. So enjoy any time off. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs, and thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate that, guys, uh, and uh, keep up the good work. And hope we'll talk again. Thanks, Thanks very so much, much, Chris. So that was uh, Chris Cuthbert from uh, TSN and NBC uh, joining us. His Twitter handle is at CCTSN. If you'd like to follow him, a great, a great uh, broadcast to listen when Chris Cuthbert is calling, whether it be an NHL game or even uh, football as, uh, as well. So, Rick, uh, there's a, a brand new contest that was announced this week on uh, allhabs.net. Why don't you give us more details about it? There is a contest, and, and the contest is uh, to win tickets uh, for the uh, uh, 
2015 uh, NHL entry draft. Uh, last year, we took a group of, of 50 of our staff and our fans to uh, Philadelphia for the draft. We get VIP, VIP tickets, sit amongst the, um, the, the families, the draft families, and uh, it's a real good opportunity to, um, to get uh, – it, it's a genuine hockey experience. Everyone in hockey is there. Uh, you, you meet all of your, your favorites and some legends, and, um, and it's, a, it's a great experience, uh, kind of a unique uh, once-in-a-lifetime kind of experience for, for fans. This year we're going to uh, Florida, uh, the BB&T Center uh, in Sunrise, and um, – so all you have to do is whether, whether you're on Twitter, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're on Instagram, is uh, certainly follow us first and then um, tweet or post the message, hey, I want my NHL um, draft tickets uh, and tag us in that message. And that is your entry uh, to the contest. And you may have a chance to win a pair of tickets. And that's going uh, June 26th and 27th. Um, and uh, you could be there uh, and to see uh, it's a little early for us to be we're talking playoffs to be thinking about the draft but it's always an exciting time and and uh, you could be there uh, with us in Florida for that uh, uh, for that amazing day and uh, so uh, put your entries in and you can tweet or or post to Facebook as often as you want Uh, we're glad to have your entries all right, so visit allhabs.net for more information on that uh, contest. As well, uh, news from the Tampa Bay Lightning practice. It looks like uh, no Steven Stamkos was on the uh, the ice, but still no word if that was in optional practice or, or not. All right, so we're going to take a break. Our phone lines will be open if you'd like to give us a call for the last segment. We want to know, do you still believe in the Canadian chances in uh, coming back in the series? And, well, would you make any changes to the Montreal Canadiens lineup? You can let us know via Twitter at Tabs360, and you can give us a call back toll-free at 1-877-455-4945. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information about this unique marketing opportunity. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, search Habs 360 on allhabs.net or on iTunes for the archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, Visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. Uh, we 
we're going back home in uh, uh, a place that uh, I'm sure her fans are going to be really excited to see her team perform. And we'll go from there. We'll just, our focus is take one game at a time right now, you know. So uh, we, I know one thing, I know those guys, and they're going to they're gonna battle. They're going to battle really hard again. There's no shortage of that on this team. I mean, I think you can see it today. Guys diving for pucks, blocking shots, um, getting pucks deep. We, we, we owe it to our fans. We owe it um, to ourselves to, to, to go back to Montreal and give ourselves a chance to, to come back in this series. And uh, listen, it's going to be a tough game for them to win there. That's for sure. Well, especially with us, uh, you know, going back home, um, I think it's, you know, definitely, uh, you know, our advantage, um, you know, going back to the Bell Center, um, and that's, you know, that's the, the focus is one more game here, um, and, you know, just take it one game at a time, just got to win one game, and, uh, you know, that was our focus yesterday, and it's got to be our focus moving forward. Well, obviously, with the win, you know, as a team, we feel much better. But like I said, uh, tomorrow is another day, another game, and uh, we got to focus on that. Not much further that it's going to be a different game. You know, uh, we want to play the same way, but but uh, we were able to score goals, which we obviously want to want to want to keep doing and stay stay with the, with the course we did last night. All right, welcome back. I'm Chris G at Christie 1980, along with uh, Rick Stevens from AllHabs.net. So we heard. Michel Terrier, P.K. Subban following uh, game number four on uh, Thursday night. And we also heard uh, Jeff Petrie and Thomas Plekanec yesterday before the Canadiens boarded the plane to head back to Montreal to face the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern start, a game that could be seen coast-to-coast on uh, CT- on uh, CBC, I should say, and on uh, TVA in, uh, in French. And Rick... Uh, I'm not sure if you agree with me, but I think if the Montreal Canadiens win tonight at the Bell Center, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think they'll they'll start to get nervous. I I do agree with you. Boy, we're agreeing a lot today. That's, that's <laughs> there's a change there. Um, listen, I, you know, um, as you said um, when we were speaking with Chris Cuthbert that. Uh, it, it's not too hard to imagine that this series is is flipped in the Canadians' favor. We had uh, Game One where veteran NHL linesman Steve Miller uh, blows the offside call um, in double overtime, allowing Tampa to to uh, to take that game. Um, you know, I think everybody, including um, Steven Stamkos, uh, said that the Canadians deserved a better fate in Game 3, the deciding goal with uh, with 1.1 left. Uh, Stamkos said, you know, we stole one there. Um, Habs dominated uh, Game 4. So, um, you know, John Cooper was in his, in his uh, post-game comments after Game 4 was, uh, you know, he was, no, the pressure is still on the Canadians, and no, we just have to win one game. And if we came into the series, you know, thinking that we'd be up through all those kind of cliche kind of statements, but you, you've got to think that, um, you know, they know that they've been outplayed, uh, certainly possession-wise, throughout this uh, throughout this series. And um, if, if the Canadians manage to, to pull off a game at home here tonight, um, going back to to uh, uh, Tampa and uh, the Canadians having won two, they they you know will know that they uh, can uh, put up goals on Ben Bishop. Um, you know I've said throughout this series and and people have questioned my sanity a bit that Carey Price has outplayed uh, Ben Bishop uh, in almost every game, um, but you know when you look at at the number of shots that that if you look at the shot number alone, that might seem crazy. But if you look at the quality of shots, Ben Bishop has, you know, a lot of shots are hit, hitting him right in the crest. Um, and I, I don't think we've seen, well, and I know for a fact, we haven't seen Carey Price give up any bad goals. And we've seen that from Ben Bishop, both in this series and in the Detroit series. Um, ben Bishop's coming into this game tonight, fragile um you know he's an emotional kind of guy at the best of times 
Um, throughout this series, he, we've seen a weak glove. We've seen him give up tons of rebounds. He has a short fuse. The, the Bell Center is going to be chanting his name uh, tonight. And I think what's key for the, the Canadians is getting on him early, not letting him off the hook. As, as the longer it goes, uh, you know, where the Canadians don't score, um, it, his confidence is going to build. And, um, but if they can get to him early, like they did last game, um, we, could, we may have a series here. And, and, you know, that was P.K. Subban's other quotes prior to game four. Uh, and he said that, that uh, you know, uh, if we can win in, in uh, Tampa, this is going to be a different series. And, and I think you're going to see the Canadians come out with a, um, you know, a bit of confidence tonight. Um, uh, not so much a desperate team, still a desperate team because they, you know, there's no margin for error, but I think uh, they're going to, they're going to have a bit of their swagger back uh, that we saw during the season. Yeah, it wasn't just the one off. David Dayane fires the shot. Scores. And that was the goal that, uh, was the last straw, I guess, for uh, John Cooper and when you pulled Ben Bishop in game number four, a goal that resembled very much to a goal scored by uh, Max Pacioretty at the Bell Center uh, earlier in uh, the series. It was in game number one, the Canadiens' only goal. And another, just to add to what you were saying, Rick, I think it's really important for the Canadians to score the first goal tonight, just like they did in the game number four in Tampa. And this is something that's Literally, probably like a copy-paste from the, the regular season, the Canadians have allowed the first goal in the playoffs in seven out of the ten games. So I think if it's if it was important game number four to score the first goal, it will be as important that they uh, get that done uh, tonight as well at the Bell Center because if the Lightning score first tonight, it's... Uh, and we've seen this from the Bell Center crowd's Unfortunately, on a regular basis, if, if the team goes down one, they'll get out of the game. And well, if any of you going to the game tonight at the Bell Center and you're listening, well, even if the Canadians allow the first goal, stick behind your team. And even if they allow the first goal, and they cheer them on to uh, to be the seventh man that uh, every home team needs, especially in the, in the playoffs. So just to, uh, just to support your point there, Chris. Um, I, you know, if anybody watched the, the uh, Tampa Bay-Detroit series, in Game 7, Bishop was incredibly nervous. There was a lot of nerves there in the first part of the game. Uh, he, he could have been – remember, he doesn't have a whole lot of, of uh, playoff experience. Um, he was really nervous to start the game, and the Red Wings uh, didn't take advantage of that and subsequently lost the game. I think – I think we'll see this, the same. Having been pulled last game, uh, the Canadians with a bit of momentum, I think we'll see that same uh, nervous Ben Bishop, and the Canadians must strike first. Uh, just to support you, uh, I agree 100%. And well, uh, Canadians down 3-1. to one. Our question was, do you believe in the Canadians' chances to, uh, to win the series? Uh, I, I don't think it's impossible. I think the Canadians do have a chance to uh, to to get back into this series, it's a shame that it went all the way down to three nothing because that's a steep hole uh, for them to come back and win four straight, especially against a team which uh, they've struggled with uh, throughout the regular season and uh, early into uh, the playoffs. On the Twitter, uh, Mo Bouchard writes Habs in seven because Bishop is a punk. <laughs> So thank you very much for uh, the tweet, Mo. And it's definitely if uh, the Canadians do want to get uh, back into the series and push all the way to a Game 7, they'll have to get into Ben Bishop's head like they did in uh, Game uh, number 6. Uh, Rick, uh, do you believe in the Canadians' chances of winning the series? Well, it's funny that, that going into Game 4... Um, Unusually so for a game day, social media was really quiet. It seemed that a lot of uh, casual fans had, had jumped off the bandwagon. And uh, even even for those, you know, diehard fans, it seemed 
that uh, you know they had lost belief, and they, you know, I had I had a chat with a few of them, and and the the common theme was, well, the Canadians can't win four in a row, um, but you know, as I as I said to them uh, prior to great uh, to game four, they don't have to win four games all in one night. Um, all they had to do was win one game. Um, in in as Chris Cuthbert said, very difficult circumstances. And they they took on that task and they managed that task. And so, you know, tonight all they have to do is win at home. They just have to win and and get back to uh, Tampa and give themselves a chance. Um, so do I believe do I believe that they can run the table? It's a different question from do I believe that they can win tonight? And just looking at one game ahead, I I believe absolutely that they can they can win tonight's game at home and and as uh, you know all as we said um, if they they uh, get on Ben Bishop early um, they are quite capable of taking this this game tonight and extending uh, the series one game further and at this stage when they're backs against the wall and playing so desperate that's 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 what their attitude has to be. And uh, based on what we saw in Brossard this morning, it looks like uh, Nathan Bolia will be back in the lineup. He's not wearing a, a tinted visor anymore. He's back with his uh, his regular visor. And as well, he was paired up with uh, Tom Gilbert on the third pairing. And uh, Craig Patterson was practicing with uh, Sergey Gonchar. At the press conference, Michel Therrien said that Nathan Bolia has received a green light from the doctors but we'll know prior to a game time if Nathan Bollier will be making a return. I think we'll definitely see Nathan Bollier uh, tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it's a shame because I think Craig Patteron has had a uh, a good series. Even, I think, overall in the playoffs, he's been uh, he's been great. But maybe, Rick, maybe he's trying to bring in Nathan Bollier, who might be a little bit more, I don't know, I guess, offensive-minded. Maybe he could handle the speed better than than uh, than Craig Patteron. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Greg Patteron has played extremely well. Uh, he had the one uh, turnover in um, game one that, that led to the, the, the winning goal. Um, but otherwise, he's been he's been solid. If there's anyone that's been kind of shaky in the defensive zone, it's been Tom Gilbert. Um, he's been on for you know whether it be uh, shorthanded or or uh, in his regular uh, the five six pairing, uh, he's been on for a lot of the Tampa Bay goals. He's had a tough time in his own end. Um, but the, the the counterbalance to that is that he has um, five points, and that's that's third on the the team in the playoffs. Uh, and for a team that's struggling with, uh, to create offense, it's tough to take a Tom Gilbert out of the, um, out of the lineup. Now, what, what uh, Nate brings would be, um, you know, he, he moves the puck out of his own really well. So maybe that helps uh, the defensive z- uh, zone coverage as well. If you're if you're not spending as much time in your own end, and that might help help Tom Gil- Gilbert. And I think that's that's probably the feeling. Uh, it's it's uh, it's not that Greg Patteron hasn't played well. He has, but just a, 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 an ability to handle the speed, as you said, and the ability to move the puck out of his own zone. Uh, that's what uh, Nathan Bolio brings. And if we go on Twitter, uh, we do have some comments from our uh, followers. Derek, he writes, he would sit Pierre Paronto, no mention of who he'd bring in the lineup. Would it be Brian Flynn, who is probably still up there as one of the uh, leading point guys for the Canadians in uh, the playoffs? Uh, Cody Murphy, who is from, uh, from St. John's, Newfoundland, writes, as long as Gilbert is in the lineup, I'd make changes. Uh, Habs12, who is from San Pedro, Belize, writes, Holy Jesus, Michel Ternier, Gilbert is one is the one giving the puck away and having poor coverage. Pattern should not be uh, the scratch. So thank you very much for uh, the tweet. So we don't officially know that um, 
Craig Patterson will be out of the lineup. We're just taking that guess uh, based on the the pairings we saw uh, in practice. And uh, from uh, Toronto, he, he's asking, is Gilbert playing? So we don't officially know, but it looks like he will. And Tony would scratch uh, Gilbert uh, into line in tonight's uh, lineup. In regards to uh, Steven Stamkos, who did not participate in uh, practice just a couple of moments, uh, moments ago, John Cooper mentioned that our morning skates are optional since February and nobody plays injured. So there you go. So that was a quick rumor that lasted the whole, um, I don't know, 35 seconds here on Habs uh, 360. So coming up next week, well, we should be back at our regular time slot. Follow Habs 360 for more information on that. But regardless, next week, we're going to look back at the Canadians-Tampa Bay series. Win or lose for the Canadians, the series will be over for our next uh, episodes. And, well, we'll either be previewing game number one in the conference final involving the Montreal Canadiens, or, unfortunately, we might be looking back at the 2014-15 season and looking ahead to the Canadians uh, during the um, the off season. I'd like to thank Chris Cuthbert who joined us early on today's episodes. He could catch his work on TSN and NBC during the postseason. And as you heard, his NHL duties are done for this season, but he'll definitely be back on TSN for to bring you some CFL football if uh, if you do follow that as well. Rick, thank you very much for joining us as well. Always good to join you. Uh, check us out at uh, allhabs.net. And uh, just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mums out there tomorrow. Yeah, and that's a good point. So uh, happy Mother's Day to to all of your listeners and your mothers <laughs> as uh, as well. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980. Game number five to the Canadians and the Lightning is tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern on CBC. Game six on Tuesday, game seven on Thursday. If necessary, we'll talk next week. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.